Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring the Donovan Frito Show. It's the Donovan Frito Show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio Channel 145. Alex Dono alongside the man, the myth, the legend, Josh Friedman, who was uh, getting me just all, all these weird mental images in my head when we were talking right before we hit the airwaves, Frito, about gruesome injuries, right? From Dak Prescott to Joe Theismann way back in the day. Uh, Frito, are you one of those people where an injury like that happens in a sporting event and you watch it over and over and over again and like pass it on to people on Twitter to try to gross people out because it's, <laughs> there are so many weirdos out there who want to seek out the gruesome injuries. Like when I heard about the Prescott thing, I tried to avoid it for as long as I could. Eventually it like popped up into my timeline and I saw it kind of by accident, right? The same thing with, uh, with uh, you know, I, this was before Twitter, of course, but, you know, the Willis McGahee injury uh, back in the 2003 Fiesta Bowl. I was watching the, the Fiesta Bowl, live. yeah. I was watching the game live, so I couldn't avoid it because they kept showing the replay during that game, unfortunately. But uh, are you one of those people who will, like, seek it out and say, oh, there was a terrible injury. I've got to find this one. Well, I mean, I saw it, and it was gross. And, you know, when Dak goes, when he's tackled to the ground – you can see him sitting there and he immediately points to his ankle. Like, and he, he's you know, looking at the trainers, like come here right away. And um, I saw the replay. And the only other time I watched it, because my wife was with me and she saw it. And I said to my daughters later, I said, you know, this horrific injury happened. Do you want to see it? And they were, I was going to force them, but they were a bit reluctant. But I said, okay. And I rewound it. And I said, okay, here we go. Like, you know, because he was starting to scramble and they looked at it. And, uh, and they, they covered their eyes and turned away. And so, no, I don't need to see that ever again. I will not unsee that injury. That's Joe Theismann, I never, you know, you could YouTube it if you want. I never want to see that. I saw it. I saw the replay. You can see Lawrence Taylor, who tackled him, go insane, immediately trying to get trainers and doctors out there because he saw and heard what he did. Um, that's, you know, if Theismann's injury happened right now this year, you'd probably hear it on TV because there's no crowd noise. Um, I don't mean to be gross, but, but uh, you know, no, I don't want to watch those ever again. I, I'd never want to see Dak's injury again. I've seen enough weird injuries where body parts like ankles are pointing in directions they shouldn't be pointing in. Now, I'm, I'm not one of those sadists or a masochist that forces himself to watch it. And you are fan and you were telling me that uh his recovery time is expected to be a lot quicker than i thought yeah. it was be. I mean, obviously he won't play this year but i figured you know a year because it was a compound fracture it was a dislocation and i saw an estimate according to adam sheftery the his sources say four to six months that's just shocking to me it's just it's incredible that uh i mean well i'll, I'll give you okay I'll, I'll, let me sidetrack a little bit to show Somebody else incredible. Like I had my, I had both knees at different times replaced, knee replacement. Mm -hmm. Now here they are, a knee replacement. They take your bad knee out. They put metal in. It involves cement. It involves using a saw, you know, an electric saw and all that. How long do you think a knee replacement takes? Like the actual surgery itself? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't all know. That, that I told. You. I, I'm gonna guess like I don't know three hours. The doctor said, I'll have you in and out of the, uh, once I start, I'll have you done in 48 minutes. 48 minutes? Wow. 48 minutes. He probably does so many of those that he's, it's like riding a bike for him. Like it's just not even muscle memory. 
Yeah, and the second one, he said uh, there was a little complication. It took sixty-five minutes. Oh, is that so it? That was a, yeah. So that was so quick. Um, you know, and and the Dak Prescott thing is quick. Now, the the part of the Dak Prescott, and I don't mean to hijack the show. Can we talk about this for a second? Sure, of course. Is is he turned down? I don't know the exact amount, but he turned down a heck of a lot of guaranteed money, maybe upwards of a hundred million dollars. I don't know. Somewhere probably in that neighborhood, give or take a little bit. And I'm wondering if this, you know, he and the Cowboys never could quite agree. I mean, quarterbacks all over the league are getting taken care of and signed to long-term deals. And, you know, you have Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson isn't there yet. I believe Deshaun Watson signed a a long-term deal. There are other quarterbacks, young quarterbacks that are inking long-term deals and locking in that guaranteed money. And for whatever reason, Jerry Jones, and, and, and Dak Prescott, the agents, couldn't agree on a dollar amount. And I'm wondering, one, once he proves he's healthy, if they finally will be smart, because he was having a spectacular season. And two, if this will make other players say, you know what, I'm turning down an awful lot of guaranteed money. I'm one play away from never playing football again. And they're dangling tens of million dollars of guaranteed money in front of me. Guess what? I'm going to sign on the bottom line. That had to have been on Dak's mind. Like when, when Dak is being wheeled into the operating room, like that had to have been on his mind that, hey, not only am I hoping that I, I recover from this speedy recovery, I'm thinking about the rehab that I'm going to face, but I'm also thinking about the guaranteed money that, that I didn't get and hopefully will get in the future. Well, I saw, you know, I always watch the Sunday night shows and I like Channel 7s. I think it's pretty good uh, with Steve Shapiro and Mike Pasquale and, uh, you know, and, and they have Rosenhaus on there. And Rosenhaus said, um because he's on there every week he said no Dak's gonna get his contract he'll get a mm-hmm. lot of money he, don't worry about Dak Prescott he'll make he's made a ton of money he'll make a heck of a lot more so he didn't seem all that worried I guess this is something that you know you can heal completely from and uh you know Drew would know more about this than than, than we do and so I, I don't think you know Frank Frank the producer of the show emailed us he said should we still hold the bake sale for Dak Prescott? I think we can cancel that. Yeah, I think it'll be okay. I think so, oh man. See, you, you mentioned you've had yeah, you've had two knee replacement surgeries. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. obviously that that that's more of like an overtime thing. You need the knees replaced. Have you ever had like an injury, like a serious injury throughout your life that you needed surgery from, or you needed rehab and rehab and recovery from? Because I I've been and maybe it's because uh, you know for most of my adult life I've been more of a weekend warrior slash couch potato. But the only the, the the only injuries that I had, Frito, were uh, I, I broke I broke an arm and a finger playing soccer in like fourth grade. I had a uh, a broken toe playing soccer in ninth or tenth grade. Yeah, you know, had a couple couple broken toes, uh, broken finger, but I I, I don't think I, I've had any I haven't had any fractures of any kind probably since I was fourteen fifteen years old. Is there anything? I'll tell you mine in a second. Is there anything they can do for a broken toe? No, on it, there's nothing they can do for a broken toe. In fact, I've broken two toes. The first time I broke it, I, I went through the trouble of getting an x-ray and there was nothing they could do. It was the pinky toe. And then I broke the other pinky toe and I'm just going to assume it was broken because I never actually bothered in bothered to go into the x-ray because it's like just a waste of a copay at that point, you know? When I was eight years old, I closed the car door on my like this and it closed on my thumb. So I broke my oh. thumb. <clears throat> now I'm one of four sons. You'd think with four sons, there'd be a lot of broken bones. That's the only broken bone we had. Really? Now, you asked for this, so I'm going to tell you. Okay, this is like Dak Prescott's injury. Okay, 
Now, let me preface this by saying my wife, as you know, is a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't tell me any gro- much gross stuff anymore. But we have a deal that if she, you know, when she comes home from work, I naturally want to know how her day went. You know, babe, how, how was it? And sometimes she'll get, I'm, I'm squeamish. Sometimes she'll get too graphic for me. And I have the option to say, time out, stop, we're done. And she respects that. Safe word. So I'm giving you, if you say time out, I'll stop. Okay. You can't see it on here. There's a little bump right here, right there. You can't see it. Okay. It's a bone, and it's uh, it's a partially separated bone. They just never bothered to, to reconnect it. I got hit by an axe going full speed. What? Why? How? I was at overnight camp, and then a, bu- a few of us were with a couple counselors went camping um, where this cabin was, and so there was a so I, I was playing too close to a guy chopping wood. I didn't notice I was that close and stuck my arm out. I was looking the wrong way and wham. And it was bleeding like crazy. And the car that I, that was there wouldn't start at first. And it's like a uh, horror movie. The car doesn't start. It it finally did. And this is, look, this is before cell phones. You know, you can't like, Oh, come, come pick us up here at Wilderness Point. No, that's not gonna, uh, that, that this is 40 years ago. 45 years ago. Jeez. Wow. Um, and uh, I was born. so I was taken. Yeah, <laughs> so I was taken to a hospital. And uh, honestly, the, the the anesthetic they put in to deaden it hurt more than the accident. Really? Was, oh, I'm, 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 they're holding me down. I'm kicking my legs and screaming in pain. And um, yeah, so that was a, that wasn't a broken bone per se. It was a separated bone. But yep. So that's uh, that's my story. Well, I mean, when I, uh, the, the arm that I broke when I was in elementary school, it was uh, a broken forearm and it was like, my arm was like bent. Like it was like, it, it was, it was crooked when I broke it. And, and to, to what you're saying, um, I went, uh, they took me to an orthopedic, uh, doctor. I could like, like for, for whatever reason, like my, my mom didn't take me to the hospital because we had like, uh, cause my, my sister had recently broken something and, and we had a really good like orthopedic doctor. So she took me to the orthopedic doctor who saw me right away and much more painful than breaking the arm itself was when he set my arm back into place. Right. I mean, I, I was Frito, I was nine years old at the time. So this is a very long time ago yet. I will never forget how that felt. And like, I literally screamed in pain and, and, you know, the, the, and the doctor did it a certain way and he knew I was a kid, obviously. So he didn't, he didn't like tell me, Hey, what I'm about to do is going to hurt like hell kid. He just kind of did it. And (laughs) which was probably better, right? Like not knowing it was coming was probably better than him. Like telling me like, this is going to be one of the most painful things you've ever experienced. So, uh, so I I will never forget that, but it's funny for you to what you say about, you know, your wife being a vet and, and not, you know, wanting to gross you out with certain things. Uh, you know, my wife is an ultrasound tech. So, you know, she, she doesn't see the worst of the worst necessarily at hospitals. Cause she's not, she's not a nurse. So the nurses probably see the absolute worst stuff, but she does see some people that have some gnarly injuries sometimes and are in a lot of pain. Years ago, I stopped asking her how her day was at work because <laughs> that, when you ask her that question, cause you know, sometimes, and I'm squeamish like you are right. So sometimes if I ask her the question, like, how were things at work? What sort of stuff did you see last night? The answer had to do with various testicular injuries. Mm. And so hearing about those, that's it. 
we, we have a safe word as well. Timeout. I, I don't want to hear about, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, somebody's downstairs problems or good. Let, let, let me just assume your night. In fact, now I ask her, were you busy last night or not busy? Like that, that that's the way the question goes. I don't want any details. Well, I'll tell you, we, I just realized now an incredible story that happened this last weekend in the NFL. But before I do, you know, I covered sports for many, many years. And like athletes, let's say a football player, you know, has a knee injury, tear, you know, tears his ACL, whatever it is, tears ACL, has surgeries out for a year, comes mm-hmm. back next year. And it always amazed me when, when players would say, I can't wait to get that first tackle out of the way. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a knee that was severely damaged with medical science these days. They can repair those just fine. But, but nonetheless, I would be so nervous of that first hit. And they were looking forward to it. No, no, just get it out of the way and I'll feel great. I'll be fine. Yeah. Alex Smith, the guy two years ago, had that horrific broken leg for the Washington football team now. And, I mean, the, the, the statistics on this, Alex, are incredible. He had 17 surgeries on that leg. He had a, um, a life-threatening infection yeah. resulting from that leg injury. And they were talking at one time about amputating his leg. And so what happens? They said 693 days after the injury, he takes the field last Sunday against probably the most ferocious pass rusher in the game right now, Aaron Donald. I think he got sacked eight times. And I'll bet that first one, maybe in his head, he cringed a little bit. But I guess knowing the mindset of athletes that I've talked to for so many years, and I've never met Alex Smith, but he probably got, okay, here's Aaron Donald. If I'm Alex Smith, I'm probably thinking this way. Here's Aaron Donald, as ferocious a pass rusher as there is, and he just sacked me, and I feel fine. Yeah. I'm okay. It's a big and, hurdle. And a huge hurdle mentally, you know, because people, I think they think about the physical, the physical part of coming back, but it's the mental part too. And that sack happened, and then again and again and again, and he's okay. He's not I think he's going to start this week. Kyle Allen is back being the starter, but just. I mean, after surgery, eight or 12 or 14. No, nah, I'm still going to keep trying. That's unbelievable, the, res- the, the resilience that he had and the perseverance that he had. Maybe that's a better word. Yeah, I, I was really both nervous for him, but also simultaneously very happy for him to see him on the field again. You talked about him having 17 surgeries. How much you want to bet when he had that first surgery you know, almost two years ago, they announced that as a successful surgery? Right. Don't, don't you always see that in sports that uh, and I don't know why people make a big deal of this. And I even I noticed this uh, you know, a few days ago when Dak Prescott went under the knife. Every time an athlete has a sports surgery, I can remember Ryan Tannehill having one of these back in the day when he's a Miami Dolphin. You know, they, they will the team will always go out of their way to make the official announcement. The surgery was a success. Hallelujah. Frito, have you ever seen a team announce an unsuccessful surgery? Because I'm pretty sure Alex Smith had 16 of those. And I I don't remember the Washington football team ever saying, you know what, the surgery was a failure. And unless the team said, you know what, this this, here's an injury, it's career-ending, he's done. Um, But that's a good point. I don't don't recall, you know, a a release, a statement saying, yeah, it, it didn't work. It probably has happened, but it's Boy, if, if it is, it's, it's the exception, not the rule. And, I mean, also, I know they're trying to be positive, but also medical science these days is so good. 
You know, they're probably things that maybe 20, 30 years ago ended careers, which today, no, we'll have you back in a year, six months, whatever the case may be. It's just advances are unbelievable right now. When we come back here on the Dono and Fido show, I want to take a look at it. a couple of college football ironies that have come into play over the past week or so. You're listening okay. to Dono and Frito here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two Aniga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It does. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs in order for you to 
when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Series XF Slam Radio, channel 145. Keep it locked here until 1 p.m. today. You know, Frito, I don't think that the the football gods were smiling on the Florida Gators this past week and Dan Mullen. Oh man. Right? So after after they 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 suffered a, a tough, unexpected upset loss to Mississippi State, Dan Mullen started talking about how, you know, we, we need to pack the swamp against LSU. And, you know, now now that uh, you know, the governor of Florida has uh, has theoretically lifted restrictions, I say theoretically because even though, you know, he's lifting restrictions on stadiums, most of these sports entities are opting not to fill their stadiums, even if they are technically allowed to do so. Uh, the, Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins, for example, have, have uh, at least for the time being, will continue to only put 20% uh, capacity in Hard Rock Stadium and not open it up to 65,000. But if the swamp in Florida, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, were to be open to full capacity, you could pack 90,000 people into it, okay? And Dan Mullen, after the loss to Mississippi State, knowing they had LSU coming up on the schedule, was saying, oh, no, no, we, we, we need that 12th man. We need to pack the swamp, 90,000. Like, we, we've got to do that. So, irony came into play here because within the next couple of days, what happens? The COVID-19 cases for Florida start to go on the rise mm-hmm. to the point where their game against LSU this weekend, not only will the swamp not be packed with 90,000, they're not even playing the game. The game has been postponed. Uh, so be careful what you wish for. And I'll also throw in the latest. I, I don't know if this came out this morning or maybe last night, and I didn't see it till this morning. And I, I don't, I don't wish this on anyone. I'm just pointing out the facts what have happened here, but uh, Nick Saban is mm-hmm. now positive for COVID-19. So th- this is really both, starting to affect the college football world. Both he and Alabama's athletic director, both were positive. Both were in quarantine. I see a headline this morning that said because he's in quarantine, it's against NCAA rules. He can't have any communication with the sideline with, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, who's the interim head coach uh, or anybody else there. Um, so he's just got to sit there and, and just uh, and not say a thing and hope his team does well. I, I don't know if that means I didn't read the article. I didn't have time to read it yet. But, you know, during the week, could he participate in Zoom conferences and, and help yeah. prepare the team? I, I don't know. But yeah, at least he can. The, 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 the same thing happened with uh, the Florida State coach, Mike Norvell, before they played yeah. Miami. I mean, they, they got they got their doors by Miami. But I don't know if Mike would have really helped that situation at all. But, yeah, he he, he couldn't with the team he couldn't be on the line I think the most he could do I'm, I'm sure it's probably like direct phone line to his coach like his assistants during the game and had been zooming during the week I mean you, you can do as much as you possibly can really you just cannot be around the team physically yeah you know I you, you see like a lot of soft tissue injuries in the NFL and I wonder if that's because you know they couldn't have OTAs they couldn't have practices um, you know you see maybe 
there isn't quite the chemistry perhaps between a quarterback and his receivers because maybe there wasn't all this practice. So, you know, you're seeing a lot of results of COVID and, um, you know, you wish about, I, you, you said to me, be careful what you wish for. You just said that in telling the story about the Gators and all that. It reminded me, I mean, I, you know, I, I used to drive my daughters to school every day and it was just, there's only four miles, but it just got to be boring. Like every day I go the same route and I'm thinking to myself, God, I just, I, I wish this would end. I'm just tired of the same route. And all it took was a worldwide pandemic to end the damn thing. And now I don't have to drive it anymore. Yeah, yeah be careful what you wish for, Frito. That's right. Oh, man. So I'll tell you an eerie story is like in the last week, and I haven't thought of this guy, literally, Donald, 25 years, maybe 30 years, I haven't thought of this guy's name. Mm-hmm. His name is Fred Dean. And Fred Dean was a football player in the NFL, a Hall of Fame football player for the Chargers and later the Niners. You know, one year he had 17 and a half sacks, just a dominant defensive end and a phenomenal player, made the Hall of Fame. And his name entered my mind. And I kept thinking, why am I thinking about him? Where's that coming from? Fred Dean died yesterday from COVID. Oh, terrible. Oh, oh, 68 years old. Yeah. I haven't thought of the guy for decades. His name comes into my mind, and then this horrible thing happens, and his name is in the news again for the worst possible reason. Just one of those weird coincidences. And I kept asking myself, why am I thinking of him? Where, where is this coming from? This is a few days ago. So, These are the sort of senses that, like, Stephen King writes books about this kind of stuff. You get some some kind of a shining going on there. I, I, I hope you don't think I hope you don't think about me very often, Frito. <laughs> Keep me out of your mind. <laughs> Here's Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so. And, and, you know, thinking about uh, college football, did did you watch much of? Uh, and I, I wouldn't blame you if you didn't watch too much of it because it wasn't very very competitive, but. What happened to Miami on the road at Clemson this past Saturday? Was... I, I watched a little bit, but then it was it was like, you know, it's one of those things. I don't want to see this anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, something that uh, I, I I wonder if the people who were who were calling me and some others out for this actually, you know, realize uh, what they were doing and, and maybe will think twice before they do it again. So, thought, like Frito, in, in the buildup to that Miami Clemson game, you know, I, I did. Uh, on a couple of couple of various platforms was doing kind of previews about it chats right. with it including you know a good uh, good mutual friend of ours larry bluestein and mm-hmm. for, for example larry, larry bluestein in previewing the clemson game last week flat out said hey there's still talent wise there's a lot of separation between miami and clemson oh my god it's not Miami. Miles. it's not going to win the game <laughs> it's not going to be very close he's being honest and then notice that it, you know and, and this on maybe Wednesday, he went on the saying this, okay? And then between Wednesday and Saturday, a handful of Kane supporters, before the game, mind you, were absolutely bashing Bluestein, bashing me a little bit, saying like, hey, like, like you guys are so overly negative, you're, you, you don't know what's going on, you're not following what Miami is, you have some kind of an agenda against Miami to think they're going to get you know, beaten up by Clemson. And then after game i think we we all saw we saw frito i i, I haven't heard apologies or or patience or anyone coming out and saying hey look, maybe you guys know a little bit more give you credit for and i don't know why i called you clown for the game um i hope that and you know i'm a big miami hurricanes fan and a backer okay I, what happened on saturday 
is constructive for this team and that, you know, they realize, you know, hey, we, we need especially our wide receiver to play better. We need to be able to the field, right? We, we still need to work on our at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And, and there is still plenty of separation between Miami and Clemson. The last thing I want to see happen, because this has happened to Miami a lot over the years, okay? They suffer a tough mm-hmm. loss mm-hmm. to a team like Clemson or years mm-hmm. ago. This team used right. to be good. They'd suffer a loss like Florida State, and the effects of that would linger, right? They'd go on a losing streak. It would really it would really beat them up mentally, kind of like the loss to FIU last year really seemed to wreck Miami mentally. You know, they, they play Pittsburgh in uh, a little over 48 hours from now at home. If they don't come out and, and look good, respectable, physical, and win that game, I'm going to be really worried about the long-term state mentally of this Miami team because we've seen one loss over the years snowball into a lot worse for this team time and time again. I could see the loss. Losing to FIU would linger, and I think that would have a, a lasting effect on the team. It's no offense, but it's FIU, okay? Yeah. You lose to Clemson, that, they're the elite of the elite. They're the top rung of college football with maybe another uh, team or two. So I mean, they're it. If you beat them, great. That's a huge upset. So you're expected to lose. And I, I've never coached a day in my life, but I imagine Manny Diaz and talking to his players following that loss that, that day and in subsequent days has a whole different speech losing to number one Clemson than he does losing I don't know if it's just me or uh or Frito froze. I think Frito froze actually. Okay, I was gonna say Frank, is he frozen for you as well? No, yeah, he's that, frozen. That, it's funny. That's one of the complicated things of uh, you know, of course, the the world we live in in Big Twenty Twenty forces us to to do shows remotely because we want to keep everybody safe and healthy. But when I'm at home on my home Wi-Fi, which is not a hundred percent reliable, and I'm connected with somebody else on their home Wi-Fi, which clearly is not a hundred percent reliable. One of the awkward things that happens, Frank, is when somebody's screen freezes or, or somebody's audio starts breaking up, I don't know if it's me or him, right? That it, it's like, wait, it, on my end, so that he's no longer speaking and his face is uh, is doing the mannequin challenge, or is that on his end? But you know, that but, kind but, of, it kind of happens in radio whenever you're a guest on the phone, though, right? Like, you always yeah. feel like the host talks over you, so I kind of feel like you have to use the same mindset whenever you do the whole Zoom thing, if you feel like you're frozen or not. Just finish off your thought, and then if if there's some sort of interruption there, then I guess you can just retouch it. Yeah, no, you're totally right about that. But, you know, I, I do uh, – I, I wouldn't mind, Frank, I mean, you're a big Hurricanes backer. If you want to, to weigh into something that Frito and I were just talking about, it, in the back of your mind, don't you have a concern that what happened to Miami against Clemson – and it wasn't just the fact that they lost on the road to the number one team in the country because there's really no shame in that. I know Miami wanted to win the game, but it was a game they were expected to lose – but still got handled in that game. It shows you the difference between the two of those teams. Is there a concern in the back of your head that what happened to Miami at Clemson could linger and turn into a long-term mental thing? Because we've seen them suffer from that syndrome before. Yeah, I don't necessarily think so this time. Um, I think Manny kind of learned from his mistakes last year. I think he has a lot more discipline uh, with his team than he did last year. Remember, there was a lot of reports last year that players were breaking curfew, um, that players just were doing whatever they wanted to do, and it showed on the field, it showed on their record. 
So I think that's something that he has more discipline over. We all expected to not win that game. Like, unless you were jumped on the hype train, like most UM fans do, and right. they jump on the I hype train immediately saying. 14 and a half point spread. They couldn't even do that. I, we knew we weren't going to be there yet. I don't know if we didn't think we were this far away, but we knew we were far. And it's going to take a couple of recruiting classes to get on that level of the Clemsons and the Alabamas. And don't be surprised, next year when they play Alabama and Atlanta, the similar thing might happen. Yeah, no, totally. So, so Frito is back. So, Frito, I want to move on to, to kind, of, kind of the next thing here uh, with Miami. And, and, and you and Frank are both kind of in agreement. I was a little bit concerned about this, but you and Frank are both in agreement that you know, the, the the loss at Clemson is a lot different than the loss to FIU last year, and it's yeah. probably not going to linger. I mean, how, how do you feel about Miami the rest of the way? I mean, they were a top 10 team before facing Clemson. They face a tough but winnable opponent in Pittsburgh at home this coming weekend. Do you think Miami is going to end up getting through the season with maybe one, maybe an additional loss? Like, how are you kind of expecting the rest of this to play out? I think, uh, you know, just this being the only loss probably be unlikely. I, you know, whether they lose one or two more, it's certainly a team headed in the right direction. Ah. Sorry for Wrigley's going crazy here. You know, Eric King is a, you know, a big upgrade at quarterback. They're going in the right direction. I, are they a top 10 team once, you know, once all, you know, the season settles and ends? That might be a bit ambitious, but I certainly think, they're headed in the right direction. They'll be, they're better this year than last. And hopefully next year they'll be even better. And, uh, you know, with, with better recruiting classes as time goes on. And, and I think, uh, you know, if you're a UM fan, you should be excited about this year and, and certainly the future. What do you think? I, I still, I, I still Miami's chances to make the ACC championship game, which means you're going to end up losing to Clemson again. If, if you get there, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think Miami's going to do anything between now and the first week of December to improve enough to actually beat Clemson. But uh, you know, it's going to be, it's not going to be easy to get there because uh, there's no, this year, there's no divisions in the ACC. So right. it's just going to be, the top two winning percentages, which means everybody not called Clemson is going to be fighting for one spot because Clemson is going to have one of the two spots in that championship game. You know, obviously there are, there are some teams that don't play Clemson this year. Miami did play Clemson. So uh, I don't know. They, they, they can probably only afford to maybe lose one more game. If they're going to get to that ACC championship game, I think that the season ending game uh, against North Carolina is probably going to decide whether you get there or not, because I think UNC is going to be a tough opponent and another team competing for that spot. So you probably, you probably are going to have to win that game to get in, which means you're going to have to be beating the Virginias and the Virginia techs uh, on the way there. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, at the end of it, um, as long as we don't see like a complete collapse suffered, it's, it's going to be hard to take too many conclusions out of a weird season like this yeah. with, a, with a shortened schedule and uh, with a shortened schedule and just, you know, knowing you don't have home crowds and, and there are certain teams that are going to have players not allowed to play due to COVID. It's just, it's such a weird, weird situation. I, I guess the only, the only thing that I'm, I'm really hoping Frito uh, because Miami, um, unfortunately, I think is inevitably going to take a step back next year. Like, I, I don't think, and, and I know that seems counterintuitive, right? Because they've, they've been building momentum through recruiting. You know, I, I think that Miami, their team is going to be getting deeper within the next couple of years because the class of 2021 is going to be loaded. You're already getting some signees in the class of 2022. 
I think De'Eric King, though, makes such a difference this year and very unlikely he stays another year. Like he can get another year of eligibility because the COVID year is not going to count against you if you, right. if you choose not to. I have a hard time thinking De'Eric King, though, is going to stay for another season. I think he's going to be gone no matter what, even if he's not necessarily a high round draft pick. And so without De'Eric King, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I got well, so so. I, if, if I'm going to assume for argument's sake that De'Ara King is not a cane next year, even if you have more talent from top to bottom, I think Miami's going to take a step back with whoever replaces him at quarterback, be it Tyler Van Dyke or maybe Nikosi Perry for one year. Uh, I think Miami is going to take a pretty significant step back on offense next year without De'Ara King. Well, let me give you a counter argument. It's and, and you would know better than I you're certainly much closer to the team than I am and, and much more involved, but let me give you an alternative. Let me play devil's advocate regarding Derek King and him. If you say probably not coming back next year, it was just mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And scouts said, um, if it says my internet is unstable, so I hope I don't get disconnected from you guys. So far. So good. Uh, you know, scouts said had Joe Burrow come out two years ago, he would have been a fifth round pick. Now this is the, you know, exception rather than the rule. He stayed one year. He set the college world on fire. He won a championship. He won the Heisman Trophy, and he was the number one pick. I'm not saying that Derek King would make a leap like that, but Justin Herbert, I think, stayed in college last year because two years ago he had a so-so year and decided, you know what, I need another year of college to come out before I come out. I need another year of seasoning, and he stayed. And he, what did he get picked right after two? I think he got picked number six. And by the way, look at what he's done thus yeah, far. Uh, you know, in, in the young season after Tyrod Taylor got hurt, you know, he's got a very bright future. Uh, so the point is maybe, I mean, if you're Derek King and you, you get an advisor, as long as you don't sign with an agent, you're fine. If you put your the signature on the dotted line, you're not. But if he talks to, a, you know, people that can advise him well and don't have their own best interests, you know, we're saying, you know what, you might, you might be a fifth rounder. Maybe just maybe it'd be worth your while to stay one more season and build up that resume and get those games of experience. I'm just mm-hmm. being devil's advocate here, but maybe it's not out of the question. I hope you're right. You know, when we come back, uh, I, I just thought of something. You brought up the name Justin Herbert. I have something to say about that young man. And uh, a little bit later on, uh, we're going to get an update, something in his life updated from a topic a week ago. So keep <laughs> it locked here. Sirius XM Channel 145 M Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. 
You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. And then I'd have one more question for him. Did you take steroids? Hold on. Did you take steroids? Why, how can I but do all would, of that and then not ask him? But why would you do that? He's not going to answer that question. Why would you answer such a question? Why not? I'm asking him. I bet you he answers the other two very nicely of without course. a problem. Yeah, so why can't he answer the last up. one? He's going to hang up on us. Why can't he answer the last one? He's hang up on us. Just tell me no, he didn't. I'm giving him an opportunity for me to no longer judge this based on what I heard from one person in the New York Times. I don't want to believe it. He didn't take steroids. Hey, platanos. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. The Donovan Frito Show here on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. Frito, prior to the 2020 NFL draft, but going back to early April, yeah, I'm I'm a big Dolphins fan. Uh, you're 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 a Dolphins sympathizer, right? You're a Cowboys fan, but you've covered the Dolphins for many years, so you you've got the pulse of the Dolphins fan. Prior to the draft, you know the guy every Dolphins fan, almost every Dolphins fan, wanted was Tua, who's the guy they ended up drafting. Mm-hmm. And even even prior to that draft, every now and then you'd hear a report 
Armando Salguero had a couple of these that were kind of linking the Dolphins to potentially drafting Justin Herbert. And I can remember the reaction. Anytime the Dolphins were linked to Herbert, Dolphin fans were like, God, no, not that guy. That's Ryan 2.0. Keep me far, far <laughs> away from just, I don't want Justin Herbert anywhere near my team. The guy sucks. He's overrated. It's another Ryan Tannehill. You, you heard that sort of rhetoric around Justin Herbert, right? And now you fast forward several months and, you know, Herbert, what was it? Uh, Sunday night football, I think. It was either Sunday night or Monday night when, when Herbert's Chargers took on the Saints. They ultimately lost the game in overtime, but Herbert yeah. played a, an unbelievable game. I mean, Justin yeah. Herbert played fantastic. The accuracy was on point. The mobility was buying time in the pocket, was making throws on the run. Like it just had a, a tremendous, tremendous game. And so many hypocrites out there, Frito. So many hypocritical Dolphin fans were because because here's what I expected the reaction to be, okay? Because that because I, I was watching Herbert dominate like a lot of people were. And the thought that popped into my head, because I am not a hypocrite, the thought that popped into my head was, wow, if Justin Herbert is finding this kind of success. Imagine when Tua plays, like, oh man, like Tua really has the opportunity to be great. That was my reaction. Yet I log on to Twitter and I follow a ton of cowardly Dolphin fans. And, and, and the reaction from many of you was this. Oh no, we drafted the wrong guy. Chris oh Greer God. screwed up. Should have drafted Justin Herbert. Did we make a mistake? Like, come on, guys, you didn't want anything to do with Justin Herbert you know, six months ago, seven months ago. And and now you're thinking that, oh, Chris Greer didn't do his job properly by taking Tua Tungle by Loa. Relax, be patient. Tua is going to get his chance. And as long as he can stay healthy, God willing, Tua is going to be great. You know, I saw, uh, uh, I guess, uh, you know, the media can't go in the locker room, but they during the week, I guess they have, you know, Zoom interviews with players. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's been incredibly gracious, you know, he's, you know, when, when, when Brett Favre was the quarterback of the Packers and, you know, Aaron Rodgers was drafted, he wanted nothing to do with him. He wasn't going to help him at all. And, and that's the opposite. Ryan Fitzpatrick knows he's a placeholder mm-hmm. and has been helping Tua and is very generous. He's, he's been a great tutor. But he did say the other day, I saw a quote by him. I mean, I'm not part of those Zoom calls anymore. He said, Tua makes throws I can only dream of. You yeah. know, his accuracy and his, his touch on the football. So, I, I think they're playing it smart, you know, eventually they'll get in. Um, but, uh, and, you know, eventually this year it's going to be uh, his job, but to, to just jump the gun like that, because if you saw a few passes from Justin Herbert, you haven't seen any yet from, from Tua and you think they picked the wrong guy, you know, sometimes talk show hosts have a segment on their show called overreaction Monday. We'll just mm-hmm. call this quarterback overreaction. It makes you, it makes informed intelligent people that talk about football intelligently scratch their heads and go, what are you saying? Are you out of your mind? I mean, look, eventually maybe Justin Herbert's better than Tua, but you can't base that on anything right now. You haven't seen Tua. You don't know. There's that. You have no sample size, zero sample size right now. And, and, and and here, here's another hypothetical, right? Because uh, you know, the, the dolphins and chargers are obviously in completely different situations. Do you think if the Dolphins had drafted Justin Herbert, and if that had happened, that probably would have been in an alternate universe where Tua had been taken before number five? Well, let's say let's say Tua wasn't available. The Dolphins couldn't make the trade up that they needed, and Tua was gone. So at number five, the Dolphins took Justin Herbert. 
Um, do you think if Justin Herbert had been taken, he'd be playing right now? Because I, I still think it would be the Ryan Fitzpatrick show now. Because I I know that some people think, oh, you know, the reason Tua is not playing is because they're really easing him in because of his injury. I, I think whether it was Tua or Herbert, I think the plan would have been let, let it be the Fitzpatrick show for one more season or the better part of one more season, especially if he's playing like the way he's playing. How do you bench the guy? Like you, you cannot bench Ryan Fitzpatrick after what he did against San Francisco. And I think he's going to demolish the Jets this weekend. So it's going to be a long time before they think about benching Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think even if the Dolphins had taken a, a Herbert who doesn't have any current injury concerns versus a Tua who recently recovered from hip surgery, I still don't think Herbert would be playing right now if he was a Dolphin. What do you think? I think it would still be no, the, Dolphin, the Dolphins have the luxury, based on their situation right now, of waiting. There's no urgency right now. They can afford to take their time if they want to use this. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing a college phrase into the pros. If they want to use this as a redshirt year for Tua, they have the luxury of doing that. Do I think eventually Brian Flores is going to get him some experience this year and maybe hand the starting reins off? Yeah, maybe later in the season, unless Fitzpatrick just plays light out. Like that. He doesn't need to play like he did in San Francisco last weekend every single game, um, and, and he won't play like that. But, you know, if he falters over a period of time, uh, you know, then you maybe hand the reins to Tua. You have to remember, like, look at Patrick Mahomes. The, 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 the Chiefs traded up to get him from 27 to 10. I mean, they really moved up and gave a, a lot. I don't remember the exact deal to get him. He started, you know, Alex Smith, whom we talked about, uh, he was a starter, and they started Alex Smith the first 15 games of the year, and Andy Reid let Patrick Mahomes start game number 16, the final game, uh, you know, of the season. And then he took the reins next year. Will they do a similar thing here? I don't know, but I trust Brian Flores to make the right decision. I, you know, it's his call, but you can be damn sure that he's sitting, you know, with Chris Greer, and they're, and they're not and the quarterback's coach and, you know, the offensive coordinator, and they're knocking around this idea. But, again, I don't think, Dono, there's no need to rush this. I think co- coming into next season, it's going to be Tua's team, you know. But, and I think Fitzpatrick completes the, the last year of a two-year deal. But this year, there's no hurry, and they'll get him in at the right time. Uh, and, and, and do you agree with that, that there's no rush? They've, they've got the yeah, luxury of waiting? Absolutely. Um... You know, I, I, I because I, I don't I don't have uh, enough uh, proof heading into this year that the Dolphins were really ready to push to be a contender, and so I, I think keeping Fitzpatrick in there for the time being does allow you to develop your next quarterback even more. Now, if the Dolphins were able to consistently play like they played against the 49ers, then yeah, that they looked like a contender one weekend. I just I don't think for this team it's sustainable. I think that they're they're, they're well coached enough. And they have a quarterback who's capable of having big days where they can occasionally do what they did against San Francisco. But I don't think, you know, if they were to play like that every week, you'd be talking about them being better than the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just not sustainable for this Dolphins team. But, you know, I I think that consistency is going to come over the next couple of years if they continue to build the roster properly. But gushing about that win. And it's and how how ironic is it, Frito, that the Dolphins on Sunday blew out the 49ers even worse than Clemson blew out Miami the day before because the Clemson Miami score was 42 to 17 Dolphins beat San Francisco 43 to 17 so that was just an absolute destruction 
I'd Give rather be. And I'd rather be in the position the Dolphins are in. I'm watching ESPN and the show Get Up as you and I are talking, and they're talking about the Saints. Now, how would you like to be the Saints right now, where you've got a Hall of Fame quarterback in Drew Brees, who clearly has lost the miles off his fastball. He's just not the same guy. It's probably his last year. Now, I know Jameis Winston is his backup. Do you get Winston some games in here right now to play with that team? Um, to have a Hall of Famer and, you know, knowing this guy is, is on his last legs, that's a tough situation. He's yes. an iconic person, in, you know, in the city of New Orleans and, and with that team, but he's just not the same guy. Does it's, it remind you of, of Dan Marino's late years in Miami? Maybe. I'm, I wasn't down there. I'm trying to remember specifically. But, you know, you've got another – now, Drew Brees over 40. I, I know Aaron Rodgers isn't that age yet. But here's a guy, Aaron Rodgers, who's setting the world on fire. You know, people might have thought mm-hmm. he's on his last legs. They drafted uh, uh, who was the, the the quarterback Love, right? That they yeah. uh, they drafted, and he's not giving it up right now. He's playing phenomenally. But you know, and yeah. at, at some point, Father Time catches up with everybody. But uh, you know, the Dolphins have an enviable situation. On the other hand of the looking at the other side of the prism, the Saints don't. It's got to be a tough a tough time if you're Sean Payton in New Orleans and say, what do you, what do you do? And when do you do it? So when we come back, we've got to get to Credo's great news. This is a huge relief <laughs> what we discussed last week. <laughs> Listening to the Dono and Frito show here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up Tua Nigga Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Nigga Manuela Pula. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs, in order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Donovan Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Dotto and Frito Show here on Sirius XM Channel 45 Slam Radio, taking you up until 1 o'clock here today. Man, I'm trying to think of what I'm going to eat for lunch today. That, that's like, uh, you know, dur- during the last several months in quarantine, some of the things you think about most is what, what's on tap for dinner today, what's on tap for lunch today. But Frito, we, we have more important business to attend to because a week ago, you told me a, an unfortunate story of being banned from a Sopranos Facebook chat. Has there been any resolution on this? Yeah, I posted something. There's a, it's called the Sopranos Members Only. It's a, you know, you just have to apply to join. It's clicking a thing, and they, they, there's no reason they wouldn't approve you to, to join this group. And you would, uh, you know, you, you post things about the Sopranos, anything you want. And, uh, but they said no COVID talk. I didn't. I posted something and related a, a Sopranos episode to Donald Trump, and all of a sudden I found myself kicked off the site. I thought it was permanent. I was so disappointed because this is a really interesting site and people make a lot of good points about the show and ask good questions. It was good discussion. And I told you on the show last week, I was really disappointed that I was kicked off. It was tough. Like, oh, come on, really? You could have given me a warning. And so I'm watching the heat game. I think it was last Sunday. And I've got my computer open in front of me. And but I have Facebook, my Facebook page open. And all of a sudden, I start seeing postings from this site. Like, they're coming across my timeline now. And I realized I was on, I guess I was on double secret probation. And now I'm off double <laughs> secret probation. And I'm back in the good graces. They, I see something new now. They say there's a big thing at the top saying we now, when someone is the original poster, you know, you pose a question, you post something. They said we have to approve it before it gets onto the site. 
And I thought, mm-hmm. God, that could take hours. I posted something and, you know, within three minutes it was on the site. And, uh, and so now they're, they're, they're being a little more careful. They're saying, we know that people have made recent posts that are, you know, a bit controversial. We don't want those, but, you know, just, and we know people don't mean to, but just be careful what you post. But I'm back in their good graces. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, again, I'm, I'm trying to think, I, you and I have to agree on, on, to watch something uh together so we can even by next week or something we can yeah we can talk about it uh but i'm glad i'm back on the sopranos thing i'm so happy because it's an interesting interesting website so really at the end of the day you helped them improve their protocol because it, it it sounds to me like you were probably the primary reason why they they changed the way that people at every post has to get approved so it, 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 what it kind of reminds me of frio is uh I, I don't know if this was just an urban legend. I think it's actually true that the first uh, the first antivirus software was created, like like the same company that created the software were also the ones who started hacking people. So they basically said, like, hey, we have hacked you, and the only solution is for you to download our software. What, what software is this? I don't know if it was uh, original antivirus. Was it McAfee? Or whatever oh, original- okay. Oh, wow, boy, that's from or Norton or something, you know. Maybe, yeah, it might have been Norton or it was either Norton or McAfee. It's like so so the people who created it were actually hackers and, and they they proved, hey, look how easy it is to hack you. I just did it and I now offer you the solution with this software that I'm gonna have to sell to you. That's interesting. I mean that's, <laughs> that's pretty cool. You know, you know, I'll show you the weakness in your system and you know, we can solve this. Exactly. It's like a friend of mine, Michelle, her son works for Discover Card. And his job is to hack into Discover Card and find really? their weaknesses. Yes, that's his job. You've got to br- find weaknesses in our system and break into our system. That's your job is to that break into our system of the company you work for. Which makes sense, I guess. Wow. Yeah, have, yeah. have you ever had? Uh, have you ever been hacked or had like a credit card number stolen before? Yeah, you know, I tried to get. I think it was Bovada to, to sign up, get an account, and make some bets. Mm-hmm. with one credit card and all of a sudden something weird happened on my computer and I, I can't even describe it. And all of a sudden I get a, a call from my credit card company. It was a weird charge of a few hundred dollars for something I didn't buy. I Maybe mean, within really? seconds. And, wow. I, and it was because I signed up. So then I signed up on, with, a, tried with another credit card. The same damn thing happened. Oh, I don't so know, that, that's obvious then. I don't know what it is. So I don't sign up on on those uh, sites anymore. Um, wow. But yeah, so I mean, people have tried to hack in. Um, have you ever had that? Yeah, in fact, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I, I know where it came from. I'm, I'm not going to mention the specific name of the business because I don't necessarily think it's their fault. It might have been a rogue employee or something. But, uh, so, you know, Frito, you and I used to work at, you know, for, for a couple of years, the same exact building. Uh, Miami Gardens and, and even before that like we were working very nearby up the street with the with the radio station we were working in well, well the, 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 there was a certain quick restaurant kind the of what? between I those can't, you're breaking studios. up a little bit there was oh what? sorry so so there, there was a uh, certain fast food restaurant located uh, on 41 like in the strip between the old 560 and 90 studios that that I, I would I would you know you know, working five six days a week maybe uh, you know once or twice I would go to the spot to grab some lunch. And I remember one time going there, 
using a certain credit card and then within the next three, four hours, same thing you described. Weird charge, had to dispute it, you know, get a card replaced and all that. And then like a week later, I go back to this same establishment. I use a different credit card because I probably hadn't received the new one in the mail for the other credit card. I go back there, I use a different credit card. And sure enough, within a couple of hours, the same sort of thing happens. It, it might have been like a rogue employee at that restaurant, like, you know, he had maybe had set up his little skimmer operation running people's credit cards. I, I'm not gonna, I don't, I'm not gonna blame the business directly. I mean, maybe they should do a better job hiring employees, but I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what restaurant created this problem for me. Um, and I think it's happened to me another time or two. Um, I, I'm, I'm hoping now that more people, more businesses are adopting like the chip technology. Cause you notice a, lo- a lot of places still like gas stations, they don't have the chip. A lot of them still have you swipe, which I think is a lot less secure, but uh, you know, you mean the thing where you just pulled it up to it. Well, not even that, you know how it has the chip actually insert it and it reads. Yeah, it I know, but I mean, now you can just hold it up to the thing. You don't have to touch it. Well, I didn't even know that. So, so that's probably even better, but. Uh, I, I think a, a big problem, especially in, in Miami-Dade County, where you and I are both located, are credit card skimmers at gas stations. Like, I, th- I think that's it. Yeah. Uh, so. That happened to my wife. Really? She gets, hey, hang on, I'm, I'm going to talk to you and let our dog out, okay? While I, uh, yeah, get, 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 really, get, get him some fresh air out there for you. Um, that happened to my wife. She got a letter in the mail from, like, the, the U.S. attorney down here, and there was someone that had skimmed her her credit card uh, from, a, from a nearby gas station. And this guy was up on federal charges because he did it for whatever reason. It's all under the jurisdiction of, of the federal, uh, you know, the U.S. attorney. And it said, if you want to be a witness, to, you know, against this guy, you can. If not, it's okay. But here's where it stands with your, uh, you know, with, with your case. So, yeah, they, they, they skimmed the, the, the reader at, at this gas station. Did she want to be a witness? No. So she didn't. <laughs> but the, I think the guy ended up pleading guilty. Okay. Yeah, wow. So. And you know, I, I think I may have told you before on this show. If not, maybe I told you privately that, like, I I don't know, about two years ago, I had my uh, I, I had my my identity completely stolen. Um, where someone used my uh, social security number. Wow. They they even made a, a fake driver's license to to be me. To, uh, to open up a, a checking credit card account. And, you know, thankfully, um, because I'll, I'll admit I was really, really stupid and naive because I had like some kind of like a, uh, like at, at one, because I, I, I subscribed to, uh, to Credit Karma, which is like a free credit monitoring service. And I had some sort of like an alert. And I don't know, I saw it and I didn't think anything of it, of like, oh, like we, we think maybe your, your identity has appeared like on the dark web or something and maybe you should consider changing passwords but i got, i saw it and i just kind of thought oh i don't know like I, I i disregarded it i'm like oh well this this probably just happens it's probably no big deal like everybody's on the dark web whatever so i ignored <laughs> it and then you know a few a few weeks later sure enough i actually and I, i'm really thankful to the agent at the at this bank you know it's like some like it's not like one of the big national bank chains it was more of like a regional bank i think in north carolina i got a call from like the detective who works for this bank, like their fraud expert, you know, who reached out to me, he actually had to like find me 
uh, on the internet just to find a way to get in touch with me. He was able to like find my email address and he told me like, hey, we, we think that this probably wasn't you and you were the victim of fraud. And then I spoke to him on the phone. I was so suspicious that when I was talking to this guy, I like asked him questions to make sure he wasn't the hacker. Because, because Frida, when this guy called me, I'm like, okay, this guy is claiming to be the bank detective. Maybe this is the hacker trying to get even more out of me. So I, I had to make sure that this guy was who he said he was. But uh, I was really thankful for him helping me out because, uh, like, it, it was a big thing. Like, um, you know, my, my credit score went down like 40 points until it was sorted out, you know, that it wasn't really me because, yeah, somebody just, uh, somebody was you know they had all my information and they they went to the bank they opened up an account which was really to open up the credit card account which they maxed out instantly and and i'll tell you frito what i was most upset about it is is that uh you know me actually being me with my identity I, i've never been able to get like a credit card with like a fifty thousand dollar limit and yet somehow this guy did so it's like wait so you're telling me with my social like if i tell Every credit card company I've ever had, like if I try to say, hey, I'd love it if you increase my my credit card account to, to 50 grand, they let like laugh like you. <laughs> we, we, we've seen your tax statements, brother. You, you're going to get a, uh, a $10,000 limit. Yes, somehow this loser was able to get like a really high max on the credit card. I didn't understand that. You know, I've, I've been getting calls lately that my social security number was breached and they they've frozen my social security number, whatever the hell that means. And it says press one if you want to talk to somebody. So of course I do. I got to see how this is going. Obviously that's great. And I, you know, and they, the guy talks to me and said it's been frozen. Da, 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 da. And he goes, "What's the last four social security number?" So I just made it up. I said six seven eight nine. And okay, well, let me check. And what city are you in? And uh, and what what's your name? And I made up the name. I just you know uh, John Smith or whatever. That's and, awesome. uh, you know Mr. Smith. Yes, we see some fraud here on your card. And then he goes. Okay, now what's your full social security number? Uh, to which I say, are you out of your effing mind? You think I'm going to give this number to you? What the F are you doing? And he hangs up right away. Oh, but, man. I, I just wanted to see how far he would go. You know, and once he's asking me for my social security number, uh, you know, then all bets are off. Yeah, that's crazy. Did, did he Did he have, like, an accent? Like, did it sound like oh, he yeah, was it, in, like, like Wisconsin? India, or yeah. did it sound like he was in, like, a a basement india. in some other country somewhere india, india sounded like and yeah. i get these calls also from oh we're, we're here from from windows they don't say from microsoft well there's not from a windows. windows i get those too yeah and so uh you know i like having fun with uh you know with those calls as, as well oh, man. So. so and you know frito i've been i've been watching through uh the sopranos i'm uh I'm like midway through the first half of season six now. You know, season six. Season is like, six is twenty-one episodes, not thirteen. So you got you got a ways to go. Well, no, you're right. So, in like, you know how it's like season six, part one and two, kind of right. how it came out. So I'm, I'm probably like six or seven episodes into season six. Then, if you if you okay. want to look at it that way, so it's gotten to the point where like, and uh, and this is like a, a really really powerful storyline that they ran in that season with Vito. And it's like, mm -hmm. uh, obviously like even back then, this was like 2006 when it came out, of course, like so it, society has become more sensitive with these sort of topics. Now like very, very difficult, I think for them, even, even in, in 06 to kind of come up with the right way to handle the whole, you know, homophobia in the mafia angle with Vito. Like, so they really had walked the delicate line there. And, and I think you're starting to see 
kind of the evolution of Tony as a character because he came out of his near-death experience where he doesn't have the same like itchy trigger trigger finger that he used to have. And I think he's more sensitive to a situation like that than he would have been before, you know, before Uncle Junior shot him and nearly took his life. So it's a really compelling storyline with Vito. So where I'm at right now, Frito, is that you know, Vito is up in, uh, was it New Hampshire? I think he, yeah, he was up I, in. I think it was the actor that played him actually went to David Chase, the producer, and said, what would you think of the storyline where there's a gay mobster? And <laughs> I think that's where they, I think that's where they got the idea and, and you know, and, and wrote that in there. I mean, because, interesting. You, you know, you figure with all the mobsters, somebody's going to be gay. I mean, 10% yeah. of the population is. And and I thought they handled it, uh, you know, very interesting. He died a pretty yeah. horrific death, but yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that was a, that's a very interesting storyline. Yeah. So, so right now he's, uh, he, he's in, he's in Vermont and, you know, he's starting to, you showing him, you know, developing feelings for, uh, for, for the gentleman, you know, the volunteer fireman who, who works at the, at the diner. And so they're going through that. And then obviously uh, you hinted at it and I, I, I vaguely remember, unfortunately, what ends up happening to Vito at the end of it but we, we haven't we haven't quite gotten to that point yet and you know back back in New Jersey Phil you know who's uh, whose cousin is married to Vito and, and Tony and the guys from Jersey are kind of wondering where he is and if he's going to turn up so 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 that's where we're at right now but we, we got to hit a break we'll continue until one o'clock here on Sirius XM Slam Radio it's the Dono and Frito show Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much. I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man, if, look, if they pick up two on Manuel Apollo too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him. Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect? Tua Manuel Apollo. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. Tua Manuel Apollo. Tunga Vailoa. See, that sounds much better that way. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. 
My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> You know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell them? You tell them, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is WWE Superstar The Big Show, and you're listening to Slam Radio. For every sport of every kind, tune in here where you will find. And now we're back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Yeah, Dono and Frito Show here on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Got our guy Frank the Tank on the other side. Going to take you up until 1 o'clock today. So, yeah, Frank brought this to my attention during the break. Breaking news in the NBA. Houston Rockets GM Daryl Morey is stepping down. Here's a little bit of the story that Adrian Wojnarowski, it's a Woj bomb, what he wrote about it. He said, in the aftermath of Houston's elimination from the NBA's restart in Orlando, Morey approached owner Tillman Fertitta with the idea of leaving the job, and the two sides quietly worked through an exit agreement to conclude his 13 seasons running the franchise's basketball operations, sources said. While Morey is not ruling out a future return to the NBA on the team side, he has become increasingly determined to explore what else might interest him professionally, sources said. Morey also saw an opportunity to spend time with his two college-age children, who are each taking a gap year academically during the coronavirus pandemic. He will remain on in an advisory role for a short period to assist in the Rockets' completion of their head coaching coaches set, uh, sources set. So right there, Frito, that answers a question I know that you had during the break, uh, because w- with the Rockets searching for a coach, it seems like an odd time for the GM to step away, but it sounds like he is going to help them with that process before he leaves completely. Yeah, you know, they they had a new owner take over two, three years ago, and maybe he just decided he wants his own guy in there, and which is, you know, the owner's prerogative. Uh, you know, Daryl Morey, I thought, was a, a fixture, you know, with the Houston Rockets. Uh, very big an- analytics. You know, there's, there's a big analytics conference every year, I think at MIT, called the Sloan Conference. And, mm-hmm. and people from all walks of life, but I think it's mainly sports, come there 
and lecture and you got all these stat heads there that go and um and so he was one of them he was one, i think he was one of the founders of this thing he, oh wow he had that involved in you know in the numbers and i know you know that that angers probably some scouts you know and you know who 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 evaluate players with their eyes and Daryl Morey probably does, but he uses a lot of numbers too. You know, I want to see how Alex Dono is as a player. All right, let me look at a numbers on a sheet rather than video of him. And, uh, but they're, they've obviously decided, I'm not saying they're going to give up on analytics. Maybe they hire, you know, Daryl Morey 2.0, but, uh, but he's gone for right now. He'll be back as, as a GM at some point in the game. Um, now, do you think, because I, I can be a little conspiratorial sometimes, do you think this has anything to do with what he said about China, right? Because we, we, we know oh, how Oh, wow. That was about a year ago. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. What, was that, what did he say was, again? I, I remember. Last, it, was, it was during – I, I want to say it was during the season that just ended. Obviously, this season was weird because it ended up, you know, going for, for a full year. Um, but, yeah, I, I wonder if this had anything to do with maybe him getting whacked because of the China comments. Maybe. I, I'd forgotten about that. Let me – Wow, you just, yeah, Daryl Moore show. Let me see if uh, October 23rd, um, yeah, it looks like last October, so about a year ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, you know, I, it could be, I, I don't know. I guess some things will be coming out, you know, but let's just see what Woj tweets out and then we'll go from there and pretend, yeah. pretend we know, you know, what's going on. Well, because, because whenever, whenever I see the line and it was in the article that Woj wrote about this, that uh, he, wants to spend more time with his kids whenever i see that that's kind of a red flag i have ptsd going back to, you remember the stan van gundy right when when pat riley sure. forced out stan van gundy to retake the head coach reins when shack and wade were together on the team that the official company line was stan stepped aside to spend time with his family and even stan has said it since then that was bs that was the first press conference I covered for 790 the ticket down here. Really? Was that that was days after I was hired. Yeah, it was December of 05. Yeah. And uh and Riley took the reins. And uh, you know, next June they were uh, in the finals. They won it in Dallas. I was in the winning locker room. And uh yeah, and Stan Van Gundy, who by the way, uh I think Van Gundy's interviewing for the Pelicans job. Mm. So he uh he still I think he's still getting paid by Detroit. He signed a five year thirty five million dollar deal. Uh, with the Pistons, and uh, maybe that's just that. He's obviously he's on, he's not working right now, but again, we're, we don't need to hold any bake sales for the guy. He's doing just fine. You know, speaking of the NBA, can we can we kind of put a bow on the Miami Heat season? You know, the the last time you and I spoke, final series was still in progress. I, I want to say it was three to one at the time, so things were looking pretty bleak last Thursday. It's not as if we really expected, uh, you know, to be throwing any parades down Biscayne Boulevard. But uh, do you think that the Heat are, are getting enough credit? Because this is something, this conversation goes back several weeks with us, right? You know, after the NBA restarted in a bubble, the NHL restarted in a bubble, like how much uh, of an asterisk would there be? And of course, the Heat are not champions, the Lakers are. But, you know, how much credit would the teams that make these deep runs in the NBA bubble get? Um, you know, I know that for some, even though the Heat were able to push the series to six, there wasn't a whole lot of mystery as to who was going to come out on top here. In fact, in the elimination game, you know, the Lakers blew the Heat out. So there wasn't a whole lot of suspension, you know, a whole lot of a suspense, I should say, throughout game six, which uh, which was played this past Sunday. But, I mean, uh, I, I think it's 
it's an unbelievable story what the Heat were able to do to defy odds to get past first Milwaukee in five, get past Boston in six, to even get two games from the Lakers. Do you think the Heat and Eric Spolstra are getting the credit they deserve now? Oh, I think so. And the fact that they took the Lakers to, to six games, I, I think the Heat exceeded everybody's expectations. I'm not going to put an asterisk by the Lakers and their championship or the Heat get, you know, winning the Eastern Conference. No, I, I, I think they are. I think if you ask people around the league, uh, everybody was in the same boat. Uh, and, but Milwaukee, did you remember Milwaukee? They beat, did they beat them, Milwaukee? Also, mm-hmm. because it was three rounds to get to the finals. Um, and, uh, and so, no, I think the Heat, what the, what the Heat did was remarkable. And, you know, here you've got, what, a, what's Bam? Maybe a third-year player uh, yep. who everybody just thinks, you know, the, the, the superstar tag, I think, is going to be on him at some point in the future. I don't think he's there yet, but everybody thinks, you know, says the arrow's pointing way up. You got a kid who's not even old enough to drink a beer in Tyler Hero, you know, who had, you know, a remarkable run during the playoffs. The future is really bright for this team. I think the Heat is getting credit around the league. And, uh, you know, again, just like Miami losing to Clemson, there's no shame in losing to the Lakers the way they did. The Lakers are just clearly the better team than anybody who's a Heat fan, uh, you know, can be honest with this. Um, this loss doesn't hurt. I guess they got, you know, reasonably close. But I would, you know, the loss to Dallas with the big three in 2011 and losing on your home court, yeah. that's the one that stings. This one, yep. you know, if I'm a Heat fan, really not so much. It would have been nice to win, but the odds were so stacked against them. I think what they did was remarkable. And what's really remar- remarkable about it is this is two seasons schedule, right? Because everyone yep. looks the summer of 2021, which means, you know, wouldn't even, you know, the, whatever or players they're able to have summer wouldn't even be a factor until two seasons right now, right? That, you know, with, with the way that Pat Riley has kind of struck his team financially, the big free agent class you're heading into in 2021, which will be headlined by Giannis Antetokounmpo, doesn't sign his, uh, his max uh, extension before that max extension that he could hit market that summer um it was supposed to be when the heat add missing piece or pieces to the championship contender like i would imagine that even people inside the heat front office have to be surprised that they made the run that they did to win the east and to already get to the finals this year because they're really two seasons away from that and i i wonder if at all um the run current squad went on if that's going to affect any future decision, right, on potential trades to be made, right, maybe potential contract extensions to be signed before 2021 that might affect how much money they're able to add, right, because uh, it's reasonable to expect one max deal. I think if, if they manipulate things a certain way, they get with two max open spots. You might think twice about two about clearing space for two max spots because you've got a team right now that's very close, right? You you would think clearly uh, maybe a Yasin to Kumpo away from being favorites in the NBA because I would imagine LeBron at some point the decline is going to happen. He's not going to be able to play till he's right. Yeah, at some point, but he just seems to be defying father time. He's in great shape. He's a tremendous player. As high a basketball IQ I think as you'll as you'll find, you know, and, and let me go back to the other topic for just a second. I mean, he took the Lakers to six with really no bam. At least. I mean, he played, you know, he had numbers in the last game and maybe the first game, but he was hurt 
largely for that. Goran did the best yeah. he could in the last game, but he was clearly, you know, clearly injured. So even you know, two key guys out for the lion's share of the time, and they still took the Lakers to six games. And so you know, they're to be uh, uh, you know congratulated. They you know they'll lock up Bam. They'll eventually lock up, and I don't do it now. But Tyler Hero and you know I have total faith in Riley. And Andy Ellisberg, the general manager, who really is their salary cap guru, if they need money freed up, I think Andy Ellisberg is as good as anybody in the game at being a salary cap guy. Yeah, we both covered the Miami Heat during the three era. You even closer than me because you were covering all the games and, and a lot of the practices. During that three era, okay, was Braun as whiny then <laughs> he is now like it's a serious question and because i don't i don't recall him being like that i he was I, in could have been during the series i know you know he didn't he never made a foul he never made a mistake right <laughs> like, he I, I don't whining, remember he that. was magic he was magic johnson when he played he never made a mistake every time if he got whistled yeah. you know it was oh he froze i think I think we might have another Frito freeze. Yeah. We're gonna have to make like a new ice cream flavor. Frito freeze. Either that or some show imaging or something like Frito freeze. The Frito freeze. <laughs> oh man! But you, you know what I'm talking, right, Frank? That I mean, uh, you're watching this Lakers Heat series and Ron whining for calls, complaining to officials. You know, for and I, I've been team petty for the last number of years, so I, I do admittedly have somewhat of an agenda with LeBron James, but something I've never complained about before. During his four years in Miami, during you know, all the years he spent in Cleveland, I cannot recall LeBron being as insufferable, whining and moaning to the referees like he was in this Heat Lakers series. That's a whole new side of LeBron. First of all, let's go with the whining. Remember, if it was up to LeBron James, there wouldn't even have been a 2020 finals this year. Remember, he wanted to pack up his bags and leave after that entire social right. justice incident that happened. So, you still want to play the finals, LeBron? Hindsight is 2020, right? But no, man, I agree with you 100% because like, I feel like this has grown over the years. He was never like this. And the bigger his ego grows, the bigger his his his, his crying becomes and it's it, it it rolls over to his other teammates because then you see Kuzma arguing about calls um Caruso's arguing about calls you guys are up by 35 points and you're still sitting here wasting your time trying to make little basic arguments it's like what you're LeBron James so you never get blown for a call like come on man the whistle works for you too and all those calls that he was complaining about two of them were travels clear travels yeah stop complaining just play the damn game shut up already and I think it was was it during Game Three when the Heat were winning, and he just walked off the court for ten seconds. That was Game Three, right? and it showed his true it showed his true colors, and I, that's the reason why I personally can't consider him in the conversation of the goat ever again. Because being the greatest of all times, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Being the greatest of all times mean that you carry yourself as the greatest of all time. Walking off the court when there's ten seconds left in the game doesn't it puts you in a totally different category. It puts yep. you in a prima donna category. It puts you in a diva category. If he wants to be the greatest of all time, being a diva and a prima donna fine by all means he's an outstanding basketball talent we have it's no doubt in my mind he is but being the greatest of all time i'm sorry but you need to carry yourself as you are an example to everybody else and walking off the court just shows that when i'm losing i get to walk off the court and quit and when i win i'm gonna be there celebrating and just being as flamboyant as possible 
What do you say, Frito? I, 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 I'm not as bothered by it. It was 10 seconds to go. He left. Um, I, I'm not as bothered. I'm not going to take him off out of the argument of the greatest of all time, you know, him or Michael, and suddenly tip the scales in Michael's favor because LeBron left the court with 10 seconds to go. I, and, and Frank's entitled to his opinion. I just, I'm not putting that much stock into, into walking off the court with 10 seconds to go. It's like, all right, yeah, whatever. Frito, let me, let me, let me ask, I'm sorry, let me ask you this question because I wasn't old enough to remember and I just kind of want to ask it just to put it out there. Um, you are very close with Chicago. When the Pistons did it in the 80s to the Bulls, yeah. was there as much, as, was there any negative connotation towards it? Because I sure. feel like everybody just totally ignored the LeBron thing. On top of it all, they had said that it was, it was, it was, in, it was for review for a suspension or a fine. Nobody ever spoke about a suspension or a fine because it was LeBron James. It's like, how dare we suspend or fine that guy because he is the NBA. First of all, when somebody says, Frito, you know, I'm not as old as you are. Like, oh, God, that makes me cringe. Oh, yeah, wait, nobody's the, as old as you are. I don't think I, don't think bad, I said the, that, to be fair, so don't put words in my mouth. I just said I wasn't that old at that time. Uh, okay. The bad boys looked, yeah, they didn't shake the, 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 the Bulls' hands when the Bulls finally – I think the Bulls lost to them uh, in consecutive seasons in the Eastern Conference Finals and finally uh, were able to overtake them and make the finals. I think it was back in 91, and they played the Lakers and beat them. Um yeah, that was a big deal that there were, you know, the, the Pistons walked off the court and they didn't shake the Bulls' hand. And I can imagine what it would have been. It was a big deal then. I can imagine what it would, what it would have been like. This is where I aged myself. I sound like an antique. I can imagine how much that would have been magnified had there been social media then. There wasn't yeah. even the internet then. Um, and so, uh, you know, it would have been even magnified. But that, Frank, that was a big deal. Sure, absolutely it was. Um, you know, no. No question about it, but I, this one I just eh, I went okay, yeah, whatever. He's just being a you know a, a a bad sport, if you will. But you know, whatever. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna penalize him for that one. Uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna have to uh, turn one of the breaks or maybe after the show send it to to the two of you guys privately. I uh, I, I showed because the, the next morning after that, after LeBron walked off the court with 10 seconds, I was watching first take and and they kept showing that clip over and over and over again. And of course, the cowards on first take were defending LeBron because that's that's the whole ESPN agenda. They love LeBron. So but they kept showing the clip of him walking off the court over and over again. And and I, I was watching it with my my son, who's, you know, two years, eight months old. And he was like. I, I think it was more commenting on how they kept showing the clip over and over. He goes, what's that, Dad? That, like, he kept that. So I, I started filming him, and I, I was telling him, LeBron quit on his team. He walked off the court, and my kid just started laughing. But I you know, I, I didn't want to, like, post the uh, post the video on social media because I didn't want to make my kid, like, a target. Because, you know, with LeBron, people, you know, I didn't want it to, like, go viral and then people make me or my kid a target. So I just sent it to a couple friends of mine, but it was pretty funny. I'll, I'll have to send it to you guys, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it reminds you a little bit of like when, you know, when Cam Newton didn't show up to the press or he actually showed up but walked out of the presser, you know, after he lost the Super Bowl to the Broncos a few years back. It's like, you know, the, the 
poor sportsmanship. I, I think if you're if you're going to be there to celebrate the great times, I think that when things don't go your way, you have to be a man about it and hope hope that it makes you better the next time out. Especially for a guy like LeBron, who is uh, he ended up winning the series and winning another championship. But the the guy has been in so many NBA Finals. He's you know I, I guess in LeBron's case, he's lost more Finals games than he's won. So maybe maybe he knows what it feels like a little bit. Hits a little bit too close to him. He's a pro. He lost a lot more finals games than Jordan ever did. So maybe maybe it starts to sting a little bit extra as, after a while. But I think for a guy who's been around as long as LeBron and has been to that many finals, he, uh, he's got to do better than walking off the court with 10 seconds left. So that was a big night for Team Petty. That was a Team Petty celebration, seeing LeBron quit on his team. You're muted. There we go. I'm not condoning what LeBron did. I'm just not as bothered by it as, as, as you guys are. That's, that's, that's my final statement. I, I'm not as bothered, but I don't condone it, if that makes any sense. Understood. Understood. I mean, to it's me, it just, it just kind of just added on to all the complaining that he was doing, and it just showed it that to the, to the highest level how much he's willing to complain about it. It's, that's, that's the only thing that kind of bothered me about it. You're too big, and you're too, quote-unquote, respected for you to be behaving that way. And then what he said at the end of the game, I want my damn respect. Who the hell doesn't respect you, bro? <laughs> yeah. By you walking yeah. off the court, I'm sorry to tell you, but by you walking off the court, yes, that diminishes my respect towards you a little bit. But who doesn't respect you? It reminds me of a few years ago. And I think this is a year when the Patriots did go on to win a Super Bowl. But like, I don't know, they, they lost a regular season game or two. And then Tom Brady and Julian Edelman started wearing these T-shirts that they had made that said, doubt us. It was like, nobody's doubting you. You lo- like, Come on. Like, like you, you, you're the greatest dynasty, you know, perhaps in NFL history, certainly in the modern day of the NFL. And you, you lose a game and, and maybe you listen to WEEI and a couple of the uh, – couple of like the sullies on weei were like complaining about you about your loss yesterday so oh my god there's this new narrative where everybody around america is doubting us like come on well i I mean go ahead i'm sorry i'm just saying i i I think sometimes you know even athletes who are on top like a tommy brady or a lebron james sometimes have to kind of create these exaggerated narratives just to sort of keep themselves going well i think one method that coaches use i know we gotta go to break is uh, us against the world. And that's what, you know, I want respect. There's us against the world. And, uh, you know, that tends to be a very, very good motivator. And that's perhaps what he's doing. So we will wrap up this edition of the Dono and Frito Show when we return here on Sirius XM Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Man, I love my kids so much. I once sat for three hours in the cold rain to watch her soccer team lose by 18 goals. I love my kids so much, I once used a tube to suck snot out of her stuffed nose at 3 a.m. 
You win. Love your kids? Love them enough to make sure they're in the right car seat. From toddlers to tweens, visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat to find the right seat for their age and size. Keep them safe. Visit NHTSA.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and whatever, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. We'll be back with the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Setting up the defense for Derek Jeter's dating diamond in left field, Mariah Carey. The center fielder, Jessica Alba. And right field, Jessica Beal. In the infield at shortstop, Scarlett Johansson. At third base, Vanessa Manillo. I think I said that wrong. Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. It's important for you to talk to someone about it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. If it wasn't for Michael Jordan getting cut from his ninth grade basketball team, he wouldn't have became Michael Jordan. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't for, uh, I seen an, an article the other day where they were talking about Oprah Winfrey and how she got fired because she wasn't good for television. You know, you got people like Walt Disney who got fired, if I'm not mistaken, from a newspaper saying he had no imagination. So what do you tell him? You tell him, you know? You know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's gonna do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you gotta take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, que rico. You know, this is what it's all about. And not only that, it's never about making it, guys. It's always about maintaining it. That's the toughest part. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. This is Aaron Donald. Listen to Slam Radio. And now we're back with the Donald and Frito Show on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. of The Office. I, I'm not sure anybody's ever watched it, but The Amigo has the Dunder Mifflin mask on. That, I want one of those, man. That is fantastic. Can you get it on the mic, Larry? Where did you get that? I was assuming like Amazon or never, something. I've never seen you know, The Office. I, I have to find out from my daughter. Before. I'll find out from my daughter. She bought it for me, believe it or not. It was at one of the stores, like a Target or a TJ Maxx. Oh. I'll find out for you and I'll let you know. That is great. Oh, wait. There's more. <laughs> uh oh where's he going 
You know how Migo is. He's all kooky crazy. He's running over to his desk so he can go ahead and bring his other show props that he's brought on and kind of I, laid I out it. on his uh on his table. I think I've I think I've stalled long enough for him to just come up on the screen now and just show you. Here we go. Oh, he's got the mug too. That is. Yeah, awesome. I've never seen the show, so I don't get the reference. Well, it's uh, it's the company that they work for. It's a paper oh, okay. company, so it's it's Dunder Mifflin is is the company that they work for. So yeah. That that is something you should probably watch. Now that that I, I don't want to make that the show that we kind of watch together because I've seen The Office enough times that I, I'd rather watch something new. But hey, but if, if you're looking for you know an, an easy comedy to get through, because again, obviously The Office is it's just for laughs. You're not going to have to give a hundred percent undivided attention to the screen at all times. But it's good, and it, it it's uh, that the, the, I don't know how many how many seasons the show is, but probably like, I don't know, eight or nine seasons. It's so nine. It's, it's going to be a lot. How, how many, Frank? Nine, nine seasons. Nine. World's best boss, the Michael Scott mug. I love it. Oh, that is fantastic. So he is all officed out. <laughs> Frito, do you have any like masks that are like, do you, do you just wear like a no. straightforward surgical? Do you have any decorative masks? Is that, I it's become part ones. of fashion. I remember from Amazon, I just ordered like 50 masks. You know the ones that are disposable, and, and okay. uh, you know after about a week, I throw them away and, and get a new one. Um, no, I don't have any. I, I thought about getting a Cubs one, but yeah, I don't know. Haven't done it yet. How about you? For yeah, for, for you like have, you have a Juventus, right? Juventus. I'm kidding. <laughs> for for I don't know, maybe the first uh, three months or so of uh, of the pandemic, I remember like seeing people wearing these like you know these specific you know team masks or decorated masks. I'm thinking like, well, why am I going to waste money on that? Like you know we're not going to be wearing these masks for that long. Like eventually you know <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna go back to normal. And then I don't know by like the fourth month through the fifth month, I started to think, you know what, this may be a part of my life for another year or longer. So might as well make it a fashion statement, right? Might, might as well, uh, might as well get something. So I've got a, uh, I've got a, uh, a University of Miami Hurricanes mask. I've got a, an Inter Miami and an Inter Milan mask, and a, uh, like a, uh, what is it? I, I, I can't remember what it is. Like a, like a, like a blue and black mask that my, uh, that, that came with a package that my wife ordered that I wore sometimes. I, I've got a few. I have found, though, at the end of the day, um, the most comfortable masks and the ones that are easiest to breathe in are the paper surgical masks. So, like, a lot of times you buy these, like, fancy cloth masks, and maybe I've just got a big-ass head, but, like, it, it never, like, it always feels way too tight around the ears, like, like the, the decorative masks. The most comfortable ones are, like, the classic surgical masks. I don't know if you've ever put on a, an N95, but those are not comfortable at all. It's probably why they're the best ones, right? Because like it really restricts the amount of air that comes in and out. But uh, but I think just the paper surgical masks are the most comfortable ones. Okay, all right. I'm in. Don't anything more to say about masks? I think I'm masked uh, out. I, I wear one. I practice social distancing. I'm not going to argue and say my freedoms are being uh, compromised here. So when we talked during the break about fantasy football. What do you have to say? I am by smoke three and two. Because my, my team is very, very injured, including, you know, Christian McCaffrey was my number one overall pick, and I have not had services for the bulk of the season. My second running back is uh, John Bell, the second one I drafted 
who's now looking for a new team. So I, I had, uh, and you know, Deshaun, my quarterback, who's done all right, but his team obviously not. So it'd be better if Houston was doing better. So my team is not good, and um, and the the league that I'm in is incredibly competitive. So the and it's a 12 team league. Everyone knows what they're doing. So the the free agency and the waiver wire is uh, not you, you. You can't just expect to go to free agency and get good players. You know, and a lot of times, like all the weekly piece that Jamie Eisenberg and his colleagues write for CBS Sports, and they'll always do something where they'll recommend, like, hey, here's a player you might be able to pick up this week. Every time I see that, the guy's already been picked up in my league. It's like everybody knows what they're doing. In fact, um, I get a little bit negligent with it sometimes because people will a lot of times put in their waiver requests before the Wednesday deadline. Sometimes I'll, I'll forget and I won't log on until Thursday and just kind of pick up the scraps. But somehow, despite my team just not being good and not putting up many points, I have a three and two record, which is a minor miracle, Frito. It's one of those things where um, going up against me seems to bring out the worst in the opponent where – I'll, I'll go maybe five points, 10 points above my projection. And the team that I'm facing will go like 10 points below their projection. So even though I've got a three and two record, um, I'm, I wouldn't be in the playoffs if the season ended today. I think I'm eighth place, even though I've got a winning record. So I'm just, I'm just not putting up a whole lot of points. So I'm not expecting a playoff run unless maybe I can really fleece somebody with a good trade proposal or something, or if, if you know, McCaffrey comes back healthy and, and just really dominates. But what about you? How are you doing? Well, right now they're, we're in a 10 team league and one, two, three, six of us are tied to three and two for first place. Wow. I should be, I should be four and one, but Calvin Ridley, for some reason, the other day, a couple of games ago had no points whatsoever. He gets like six points and I win the game. Wow. Uh, so I would have been four and one, but I'm tied right now. Three, two, there's six of us that are, are, uh, are three and two. And I feel good about my team. I lost my top pick, uh, Saquon Barkley. Mm. Uh, I texted a list of the free agent running backs in our league to I texted, uh, took a screenshot of it or took a shot of it and texted the photo to Jamie Eisenberg and said, who of these would you pick up on waivers? And he said, James Robinson of Jacksonville. So I did. And he's been good for me thus far. Um, I think the biggest surprise for me, I did, I did this now two weeks ago, Joe Mixon had like, I don't know, 150 some yards rushing, I think over 200 yards from a scrimmage, just a fantastic game. He scored a ton of points and I benched him last week. And I think because of the running backs I have and their opponents, I think I'm going to bench Joe Mixon this week. That It pains me to do that, but wow. uh, now I'm assuming Kareem Hunt's going to play, but I have Kareem Hunt who's very valuable now, now that Nick Chubb uh, got knocked out for a few weeks. I've got James Robinson, and I've got uh, Aaron Jones of, of uh, you know, the, the Green Bay Packers. So I might have to bench mix it again. It's, it's, it, it's tough making those decisions, but it sure is fun. So right now I'm in first. I'm tied with a bunch of other guys. We've got a very tight, uh, tight uh, competition here. It's going to be a lot of fun. And our, our league pays off more for winning the regular season you know, record than it does for winning the playoffs. Yeah, you've told that before. I think that's interesting. But you know, I kind of like that. And maybe it's only going by my own history because there have been many, many years that had the best regular season team and you get one bad break in a playoff game and you don't win, right? So 
I, I think that really kind of rewards the best fantasy manager, right? Because if you, if you come away with the best regular season record, you've probably done the best overall job because it takes a little bit of luck to get through a three game or if you have a two game playoff to win it all. Last year, I was, I was in a three way tie to win, uh, you know, for the regular season record, but I was in third place in a three team tie. So I got this, mm. you know, a nominal uh, amount of money. That was good. I, I rode the 11th pick. I had an 11th rounder, and his name was Lamar Jackson. This year, I wanted to avoid Lamar Jackson like a plague. And he went yeah. very early in the first round, as did Patrick Mahomes. I just figured. The guy I targeted, who I still like a lot, is Kyler Murray. I, I made sure, and I, I, I jumped the gun a little bit to pick him. But like this past week, he had 380 yards, uh, you know, in the air. And he's playing this – is, now, this happens, I'm sure, to you. He's playing the Cowboys on Monday night. I'm a Cowboys fan. I hope mm-hmm. he has a phenomenal guy. I hope he throws for 3,000 yards, but the Cowboys eke out a victory. The right. Cowboys have a great offense. Even without Dak, I think they're still good. The receiver core is so damn good, and you got Zeke Elliott but they have one of the worst defenses around. So I expect a real good game by Kyler Murray. So I, I, I want both worlds. I want the Cowboys to win, but I want Murray just to rip him a new one. Real quick before we wrap it up, uh, we've got Dolphins and Jets this Sunday. Does Adam Gase still have a job? I'm not complaining because, oh my you know, God. <laughs> actually, maybe I kind of am complaining because while I don't mind the Jets really bad, I don't want to see the Jets draft Trevor Lawrence. And if they keep losing, that's what's going to happen here. I can't hear you. Mute. Hold on. I'm sorry. Say goodbye to my wife here. Um, you know. You know what? I, I saw things that if, if if a good team drafts, I think if the Dolphins drafted Trevor Lawrence and they won't, I'm just pointing out they'll have good enough coaching and they'll develop them. If the Jets draft draft Trevor Lawrence, he'll be in the toilet and he just won't do True. well. Some teams just don't develop players. The Jets are just a dumpster fire right now, and Gates could never figure out how to use Le'Veon Bell. They're still on yeah. $6 million. He made $28 million from the Jets. Now, the GM currently is not the one that signed him. The guy that signed him was fired a long time ago. That is one of the worst-run organizations. Uh, Gase, I'm surprised he's got a job right now, but I, I tweeted out yesterday, if I'm the Jets, just keep Adam Gase. Whatever he's doing is, is good because he's, he's driving them towards the number one pick. Absolutely. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, huge thank you to the Amigo with all of his office paraphernalia back there, to Frank the Tank for doing a fantastic job. For Frito, I'm Dono. We'll talk to you guys next time here on the Dono and Frito Show on Sirius XM Channel 145 Slam Radio. The views and opinions expressed on the Dono and Frito Show are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio.